your humble host, Bill Hatch the Third, coming to you live from the palatial home studios of Odd Spots Productions here in the beautiful city of Santa Ana, California. Joining me in studio, as per usual, is my friend, my brother in Christ, the disembodied voice of Rudy. Hi, everybody. I love you all. Waka, waka, waka with the Lord. Is this on? Yes, it is. And joining us from a more than acceptable safe social distance through the miracle of telephony is my father, Chaplain Bill Hatch. How you doing, Pop? I'm doing very well. Hello to my fellow Bible Inquisitors. <laughs> I hope all is going well for you this day. As do I. And uh, hopefully uh, with all of that, uh, with all that goodness going on, uh, you're ready for the longest chapter of the Bible. The entire whole thing, not just Psalms, but the whole Bible. But before we get to that, we have time for some Rudy news. You know what they say when you when I did bad, it wasn't too bad. Things came my way, but when I did good, things felt bad, worse. See, I, I I'm trouble with guilt. I'm trouble with uh, trying not to be mean or trying not to be uh, uh, violent of anything. But what it is is, I think I'm doing my walk better now than when I was younger. Younger, I was I wanted to find God, but yet I was gonna still be crazy and do things because. I was stuck on pride. So what it is, is work your way. And I think honestly, little by little, when there's a problem, like I'm smoking, I just tell God, he'll take it because he's greater than whatever problem I had. And it's not going to happen overnight like me. It, little by little by little by little, things are getting better. And I noticed that. And I want to say thank you, God, and thank you for your blessings. And I love you all. Waka, 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 the Lord. Amen. Well, you know, it's it's true. The uh, the closer you get to God, the and the more you know, the worse you're going to feel about the things you did before you knew God. That's, There's some wisdom to that. Yeah. yeah. And so, as long as you're remembering to praise the Lord for forgiving you because you asked for that forgiveness. Yes. And remember, and it doesn't have to be for every minute little detail. If you're asking God to forgive you, right? Uh, it doesn't have to be for well on Tuesday, uh, January. <laughs> what is today? The seventeenth. Back in 1982, I did this. Yeah, no, God does want the changed heart. And to go forward with it. Now, when those something might actually reach up and grab you about a particular day, then you might want to very well say, God, forgive me for this particular instant. But we're not looking for, God's not looking for anything but a contrite heart mm -hmm. that says, forgive me my past, help me not to repeat it and to go forward. Yep. And remember... If God, uh, if God sees fit to forgive you your sins, and he does, I have it on excellent authority, called the Bible, then mm -hmm. who are you to not forgive yourself? And that is difficult. Yes. And Satan knows it's difficult. Mm -hmm. So I really believe he puts a little demon on each of our shoulders to whisper in our ears, that now God can't forgive you for that, yeah. when in fact he has, uh, Psalm 103, it even tells us that God not only forgives, but he forgets because he removes our sins as far as the East is from the West. Yes, indeed. So with that kind of forgiveness, we should be forgiving ourselves. And it's one of the most difficult things in the world to do. Especially as you learn more. <laughs> yes, especially as. All right. Yes. I'm ready to get started. May I? Please. All right, folks. We're in Psalm 119. As Bill said, it's the longest chapter, not only in the Psalms, but the entire Bible. Uh, it's just at the very, really at the height or the beginning of the second half if you divide the Bible directly in two. 
<laughs> it's right at the beginning of that second half. Uh, with 117, I guess, being the absolute middle of the Bible. But it's really close. Now, I I have a, a little test for you all. Okay. Imagine yourself praising God using one word for each letter of the alphabet. For us, that's 26. Mm -hmm. So think about it sometime. Not right now. Don't want you concentrating <laughs> during the show. But imagine giving praise to God one word at a time mm -hmm. for 26 words, because 26 letters of the alphabet. Now imagine trying to expand it to two words, three words, um, up to eight verses worth. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what Psalm 119 is. Yep. It's not an easy idea. We have no idea about the authorship. I sort of wonder if, I don't know, when I think about, you know, that being a literary task, we know that there were schools of prophets, usually called the sons of the prophets, who would, were stayed together and, and traveled about, and I have no doubt they're worshiping, but <clears throat> can you imagine a Hebrew literary? <laughs> literary teacher in that school saying, I want you all to do this and then having a teacher compile it. Maybe seriously, you know, it came from the school of prophets and maybe they were able to put it together, but we don't know if it's one person or a group. I would tend to want to believe that it was a group of people coming together and well-meaning. Oh, and by the way, all that literary stuff that we're doing, A through Z, needs to be positive. Mm -hmm. Try going through the Psalms. Well, you can't, obviously, because it's the longest one already. So you know that there is no Psalm as long with as many positive things as 119. So just think about that as a school project. Because I really think it probably was more of something along the lines of the School of the Prophets, mm -hmm. also called the Sons of the Prophets, by the way. Uh, but they started as early as back at the time of, they existed, that is, as early as the time of Samuel before, uh, or as before he anointed Saul as king. So there we go. Bill, what kind of descriptions do you have? For Psalm 119. Well, uh, let's see here. From the Amplified, I have as a title, Meditations and Prayers Relating to the Law of God. Okay. And in the English Standard Version, it is called, Your Word is a Lamp to My Feet. Okay. I have one that says, Delight in God's Word. Okay. And I have another one is, uh, if I get the right psalm again, come on. In praise of the law of the Lord. Have others? Nope. Those are the only two uh, through the five or six different versions I looked up. They, uh, the, uh, okay. your word is a lamp unto my feet. Uh, to my feet seems to be the most popular one. Okay. Do you want to remind people what what it is as far as being an acrostic psalm? Uh, yeah, uh, well, you just said it. <laughs> I really did, but I didn't bring up acrostic psalm. Uh, but this one uses the entire alphabet mm -hmm. of the Hebrew language. Right. So only 22 letters. Instead of our 26. That's that is correct. correct. <laughs> and it happens to be that each of these 22 segments are eight verses long, mm -hmm. and it's 176 verses altogether. Yep. Uh, I know it's just a little rabbit trail, but I love the fact that Hebrew language also used picture references for uh, the letters of their alphabet, and just like Egyptian hieroglyphics. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it's a holdover from that, that they used it. Uh, the first letter of the alphabet is 
Aleph and represents or is represented by a figure of an ox. Mm. The second letter is Beth and represents a house. And that's where we get our term alphabet. Right. And so really you can look at your, your grandchildren and children that are young enough and say, have you used your ox house today? Because it's the alphabet. <laughs> and I like just referencing that because it's sort of fun. Yeah. But uh, it starts off that way here in Psalm 119. And mm -hmm. I have from my daily reading study Bible, it says Psalm 119 is brimming with helpful spiritual uh, gems. For instance, God can use personal suffering to draw us closer to his word. I don't like the idea of personal suffering, but God can use yep. it. Uh, Jesus promised it. And that reference, <laughs> that reference is verse 67. Mm -hmm. I used to wander off until you disciplined me, but now I closely follow your word. The psalmist also affirmed, my suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. That's from verse 71. Uh, there are others in there in that description, but I don't know that I want to give too many of them. Um, Did you know there are find. seven different terms referring to Scripture throughout this psalm? Well, please share those words. Well, there's law or laws, precepts, yeah. statutes, commands, mm -hmm. decrees, Word and promises. I also have the word law that are repeated. Yep, law is repeated. That those, was the first one. Those seven that, that you reference mm -hmm. and what mine says, they happen 180 times within this song. Wow. More than once per. They should also be very strongly said that uh, they unfold the significance significance of God's truth, but the compiler or the writer of Psalm 119 seems to understand that all those words work uh, synonymously. Did I say that right? Synonymously. Synonymous. Yes. Uh, they, they should be used interchangeably. Mm -hmm. They all mean the same. It's just some variety of language. That's why I really think it could be a Hebrew literature teacher. An English teacher in Hebrew has that. Actually, it seems like the favorites for uh, for authorship, although it is absolutely unknown, uh, seem to be David, Daniel, and Ezra. Are uh, are the most pop seem to be the most popular suggestions. I don't know. David and Ezra, well, all three of them were very busy people. True. Uh, all three of them were. Running kingdoms, literally. Well, not Ezra. No, not Ezra. Ezra was reestablishing the kingdom, so he was busy. I don't know. Uh, that's okay to consider. Mm -hmm. We might be able to narrow it down to one of those three. But as I already said, I wonder if it wasn't a group of them. Um but it's still fun to consider that these are all positive. Now I do have exceptions on something that are not negative, but still it says verses one through three and verses and verse 115, the author directs the entire Psalm to God, expressing his devotion to God's word with a, Nuance pattern. No, I don't know what that is. <laughs> he begins most stanzas with positive affirmation re re uh, regarding God's truth. So I figured we'd look at those four mm -hmm. as being different from the rest. And we have to take the study Bible folks' word for it because <laughs> we're not going to individually go through. There are here. two other verses uh, which are unique amongst the 176 in that they do not include at least one synonym for the law. 
Okay. 122 and 132. Well, then we should look at those also. Yes. You want to start with those? Or sure. Or should we start with the four I mentioned? Uh, let's start with, let's start with mine. Let me, uh, let me okay. hold on to it. Scroll, 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 again. scroll. 122 and 132. Oh, those are even after the ones I need. <clears throat> let's do it. 132. And 122. And 122, sorry. Okay. okay. For me, they're on the same page once. Oh. Okay. Be the 122 is be the guarantee for your servant for good as Judah was the guarantee for Benjamin. Do not let the arrogant oppress me. Not me. Not me. Hmm. Mine finishes oppress. Do not let the arrogant oppress me. That's yes, why. Yes. Me is at the end. Oh yes. Do not let the arrogant oppress me. Sorry. Uh, okay. He's certainly giving credit and glory to God because he's asking mm -hmm. uh, for his well-being to be extended even around these other points. Uh, he doesn't want to be oppressed by anybody. That's typical. Does anybody listening want to be oppressed? No, I no, don't think no. so. I, I think oppression is... Uh... Probably one of those uh, negative things that uh, just about nobody wants. Okay, then go on down to 132. 132, turn to me and be gracious to me and show me favor, as is your way to those who love your name. Mine says uh, your practice towards those who love your name. Hmm. It's God's practice to be kind and generous and supportive of everyone who believes and follows God. So mm -hmm. we indeed, you know, the author might here at this point be at a low ebb, but still mm -hmm. it's good to see those kinds of things in all of these Psalms. Now, yes, can I go back to verse one? <laughs> Yes, let's go back to verse 1. Okay. If my fingers will do the walking for me. How happy are those whose way is blameless, who walk according to the Lord's instruction. Happy are those who keep his decree and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. This sounds like something that is, well, we're reconnecting. Huh? I lost you, didn't I? No, I kept hearing you. Did you hear me? Do you hear me? I suppose not. We have lost my father. There we go. How about now? Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Okay, I could hear you all along. Okay, I could not hear you, and it said I was reconnecting, so I just hung huh. up and started again. Okay. Uh, I don't know if, I don't think you need to worry about cutting that out particularly. No, no. Uh, I'm not going to. Anyway, I was to the point of reading the first three verses of 119. How far did I get? Uh, let's you, see. Uh, I think you got through two. Okay. Verse 3 is, they do nothing wrong, they walk in his ways. This is all about other people, not about, uh, not about God. Like we said, there are four verses that seem to reference people more than, more than uh, God's, uh, you know, direct quoting to God and requesting. Mm -hmm. It's other people, not the psalmist. I think verse 3 is the ideal not the realist not the realistic <laughs> everyday part right. uh, because people do things wrong every day but ideally people will walk in the ways of god and that is still true for us now and then verse 115 if i can get to it quickly 
uh, depart from me, you evil ones, so that I may obey my God's commands. That's as negative as this psalm gets right there. <laughs> is going, be gone, get behind me, Satan. Uh, in the New Testament, literally, I think the best defense that we as Christians today have is not fighting with Satan, but literally using the words, I rebuke you in the name of the Lord or in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ mm -hmm. is as strong a reference as we can do. We need to be able to stand firm against the devil. And that's how we should do it. Not like we're going to actually fight him. Right. But we're going to stand firm, put on the armor of God, but we're standing firm. We're not charging after Satan. A very dangerous thing still. Oh, let's see. I had a couple other notes on that. Yeah, the the major portion of the rest of the, of the psalm is expressing his devotion to God's word. Uh, on no occasion do all eight verses portray hopelessness or dismay. They might be inside of them a little bit, but mm -hmm. no, all eight verses of each of those stanzas, positive. In our daily walk, we may have times of the day when we get frustrated and feel hopeless about getting things done. Uh, like a particular son of mine on the show right now who spent <laughs> most of last night awake trying to work on a project. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that it's like, is this ever going to be done? And the answer is, yeah, but you got to let God see what it is. And yeah, twist and turns. And so that's just a reference for Bill on that one. But it sounds <laughs> like all of us can be advised on. Even though there are some negative phrasings, yep. all 22 of these sections are pointing in positive points about God. And if we have faith and believe, we get those positive points as well. To which I would love to hear an amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, can we go ahead and look at one of the uh, I one of the sections, and then yeah. if you have a different section, you can. Sure thing. Okay, it's the letter he he. It almost looks like, uh, oh, an upside-down U, but it's not connected. It's uh, verses 33 through 40. 33 and, through 40. Yep. Okay. And it's a kind of attitude all of us should have is what I want to point out. It, he says, teach me your statutes. Mm -hmm. Help me understand your instructions. Turn my heart to your decrees and turn my eyes from looking at what is worthless. Uh, are just a couple of them. It's also turn away the disgrace I dread. Uh, so I shouldn't have left that one huh? <laughs> out being able to see that the psalmist is really asking for things for himself. Mm -hmm. And it all has to do with God's laws. And we need that today, especially if we try to focus on the Old Testament. The Old Testament had 10 commandments, and I don't know why the number 165 come out to me, but additional laws of the day. And we have to be very careful of some of those and avoid them at all cost. We need to be able to not avoid crossing the line on those requirements. 
for instance, the people of the Old Testament were not supposed to eat unclean animals. If we're focusing on all the laws of the Old Testament, mm -hmm. we will perhaps overlook the New Testament. And in the New Testament, we have examples of all animals are now clean in the sight of God. So we can eat pork. We can still have our bacon. <laughs> Yay! Uh, the, the major reference for that is from the time Peter was getting ready to be called to go visit the Gentile Roman centurion named Cornelius. And Peter had a dream actually three times the same dream over where a large sheet descends from heaven and he is told by God or the Lord, I think that Lord God, uh, to rise, kill, and eat. And he said, oh, no, I've never done anything like that. I can't be. And the response was, do not hesitate having what the Lord has made clean. Uh, and therefore, we have permission to eat all things. I'm still waiting to try my first rattlesnake. <laughs> I really am. Okay. Uh, and I will have it when I am offered it. But, you know, I there are still things like, I am just not into the idea of eating uh, crickets, I'm sorry, or locusts, mm -hmm. uh, which was always considered clean. Right. But I'm not into that. <laughs> uh, so, it, I'm, uh-uh, no yeah, way. No. And by the way, I'm not going to go out and try to, catch and kill my own rattlesnake. I, I could certainly hope not. Uh, I don't mind getting it off of a menu, but it's just <laughs> that way. Uh, we have those kinds of things, those kinds of who we should marry and not marry. You know, there were those limiting factors in the Old Testament mm -hmm. said, do not do such and such. In the New Testament, it really carries forward that we should not be un equally yoked right. and yes i have a daughter who is married to a non-christian and that causes me great concern at times but still we have the desire of saying that we're following god's examples as best we can and happily we no longer have to worry about wearing two different kinds of material in our clothing <laughs> yep uh, so we don't have to worry about, what is it, cotton and wool at the same time. Right. Uh, you know, we really don't have those kinds of issues. But we do have the Ten Commandments still. But even those are condensed into, down to two, mm -hmm. which Jesus told us plainly, that we should love the Lord our God with all our hearts, minds, soul and strength and the second is unto it like unto it thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself if we're fulfilling those two we are certainly keeping the big 10 right and our relationship with others and with god is paramount and it still gives many people including myself pause to think well wait a minute we don't worship on saturday in the sense of going to church on Saturday, mm -hmm. we go on Sundays. But seven days a week, we should be worshiping God anyway, and thereby not breaking that commandment about remembering the Sabbath and keeping it holy. Right. So we have those kinds of, of fulfillments. Well, here in this particular section for the letter hey or he <laughs> it is asking god regularly to keep us on track with studying his word mm -hmm. and we should do it seven days a week 365 
All right. All right. So that's what I have on that particular segment. Do you have one that you would like well, to? Uh, there is something. Uh, there is something I'd like to uh, point out about uh, about your hay uh, section. Okay. Um, in verse thirty-three, teach me, O Lord, the mm -hmm. way of your statutes, and I will steadfastly observe it to the end. Apparently, mm. to the the uh, the Hebrew word for to the end is peculiar to this uh, to this psalm. Amongst uh, amongst all of them, and but this is not the only time it is used, because in verse one twelve, the words "to the end" also appear, and it is translated from the same Hebrew word. Please enlighten us. Oh, I don't. I, I couldn't find the actual Hebrew word. Oh well. <laughs> And you said the second one was 112. 112, yes, sir. All right. Well, let's see, because I have a comparative. Aha. I have 115 underlined, not 112. I am resolved to obey your statutes to the very end. Very good. In, in this one, from 112, it says to the very end. Mm -hmm. But in 33... It says, and I will always keep them, Ooh. which means to the end also. Yes. But it's but it's some of that literary uh, changing, as mm -hmm. it were. Now, I don't have any particular notes, I don't think. Um, maybe, maybe not. Uh, no, that's in 32. Literary way is the only thing it says. So I can't tell what that is in particular. Uh, it's the fact that we need to continually look into God's word. And I believe seriously that we should keep learning about from the word of God, that is, and about God until the very day we die. And then we get to go and meet him face to face. Uh, something that the Old Testament said you couldn't do and live. Well, if we've gone on to heaven, we get to do it then. And we will get to see Jesus and God. And what we, in our limited capacity for understanding, say we will learn everything about it. I don't know if we'll, what kind of capacity we'll have when we're in heaven, but it's amazing what we can find out on from the scriptures. And so we have it to the very end. So that's a good thing. Yes. How are we doing on time, Bill? Uh, I think we're doing quite well on time, actually. Uh, let me double check here. Yeah, I've got us just over a half hour. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I think I already really did cover 115 that I underlined also, because it ah. was one of those that was different than all the others. But it's the psalmist saying, depart from me, you evildoers. No evil ones so that I may obey my God's commands. He recognizes that things do tempt us. I got to preach on temptation last Sunday. I'm pulpit supplying for two weeks. And last Sunday I got to do uh, temptations and how even in 2023, we have so many temptations all the time. And we should not let ourselves be tempted. Uh, and when we do, we still ask God to help us pass that, get around it and avoid it at all costs. But when we slip, we ask God for forgiveness again. And if we truly, truly mean that we don't want to make that mistake again, God will forgive us again. But we can't do it in the sense of, oh, forgive me for going out and drinking too much last night. And the next day saying, forgive me for drinking too much last night. You can't just keep doing the same things over and over. You have to have a sincere, contrite heart that says, I am trying to do better all the days of my life. So we have that for sure. Any others that you would like to bring out for Psalm 119? Um, no, that was really uh, that was really it. I mean, there's there's a there's so much to it. We could spend uh, we could spend a couple days doing just this, but 
<laughs> I don't think we want to. Wait, yes, we could, but that's not the purpose of our of our no. study of the song. Nope. We don't want it to get so dull that we, you know, lose listeners. Right. We want to keep going forward. So let's look at Psalm 120. Yes, let's. I have one that says, A cry for truth and peace. A song of ascents. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, in the Amplified, I have prayer for breaking away from the treacherous. A song of ascents. Wow. That one's different than I had. Uh, I have a song for worship, a prayer for the Lord's help. Okay. Um, let's see. I also have, in the English Standard, Deliver Me, O Lord. Okay. And the... Uh, another... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay, I was going to say, the Brian Standard uh, calls it, In my distress I cried to the Lord. And the King James uh, also says that. Okay. And I have, let's see, 120 is a lament psalm seeking God's deliverance as well as retribution upon enemies. Something we are still supposed to avoid and always avoid here in the New Testament lives that we live. The New Covenant. Love your neighbor. Mm -hmm. And love your enemies. Yep. And try not to call down the wrath of God on any of them. <laughs> but we know good and well there are times when we do that. Yep. Um, I don't know about you, but that's sort of when we look at what's going on halfway around the world, yeah. the, something you and I cannot really work on at all, and that's the Ukraine and Russia. Mm -hmm. And here it is that all the fighting is taking place in Ukraine, and none of it is really taking place in Russia. And it's like, why not? Why, or why is it that, and, and we are actually limiting the Ukraine from doing that when uh, the United States has been sending so many missile capabilities. Mm -hmm. Somehow they are able to fine tune all the workings of those missiles to where they won't go into Russian space right. uh, territory. Uh, and it just seems like, why is that happening in such a way? But it's the retribution against the enemies and and God is is there for certain, but it's difficult for me. I you know I'm a military chaplain. Mm -hmm. It's like okay if you have to take if you have to be in battle you take it to the enemy, not let them bring it to you. Right. Uh, it's one of my shortcomings, I guess. But to be able to say God take care of the enemy, and there shouldn't be this kind of fighting and warring going on now at all, but it does every day, and not just in Russia or Ukraine. All right. Well, you have to remember uh, in, uh, in cases like, uh, like wartime, like what, uh, what Ukraine and Russia is going through right now, um, there are many in Russia who might be, uh, who might be injured or killed by such attacks um, who are actually protesting against the war. And so yes. we have to remember that uh, just because a particular nation wants to do harm to another doesn't mean that a particular individual within that nation wants to harm anyone. Yes. So. I, I did notice this last weekend. Great Britain has decided to send a number of new tanks mm -hmm. to the Ukraine to use. Yep. And one of the Russian fanatical types literally is calling for uh, the annihilation of Great Britain. Wow. And even the fact that we have nuclear weapons, we should use them against Great Britain because they are sending tanks to the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. uh, if we are not 
as close as we can be to World War III again yeah. in our life histories, we're, we're certainly very close. Yes, indeed. And we should all, we all be praying to the Lord to not let that catastrophe happen, mm -hmm. but instead the Lord's return would be a much better thing for us than that. That is the truth. Ah, uh, yes. Now, back to 120. Back to 120. Do you have any other titles? Well, uh, no, those are the only titles I have. Um, however, I do have a footnote uh, for Ascent. Uh, actually, I have a right. I have a couple. All right. Um, the Amplified points out that it is possible that the 15 Psalms, uh, 120 through 134, which are known as the Songs of Degrees or Ascents, were sung by the caravans of pilgrims going up to attend the annual feasts at Jerusalem. But it is equally yes. possible that the title has reference to some peculiarity in connection with the music or the manner of using it. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, let's see. Um, where did the other note go? Oh, uh, let's see. That the psalm is so entitled uh, formed a collection. The psalms so entitled formed a collection made with some definite intention can hardly be questioned. But whatever that intentional intention, the position of this psalm in the collection is unaccountable. <laughs> I had the same note about the 15 sequential psalms of ascent. Mm -hmm. uh, it also says it depicts its author separated from his desired place meaning being able to be in Jerusalem uh, and more particularly in the courts of the temple right. uh, and needing God to resolve his dilemma is absolutely there. Now I have two things else and we should go ahead and read this entire Psalm before we're done because okay. it's not that long. No. Certainly nowhere near its predecessor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it says, if the psalmist is speaking literally, then he is what is or was living among uh, barbaric unbelievers near the southeastern end of the Black Sea, which is Meshach, and in the wilderness with the nomads of Kedar. That's if he's speaking literally. If he's speaking metaphorically, then the Israelites who surround the author of this psalm are the deceptive uh, warmongers of that particular time. Mm -hmm. uh, and his life's frustrations are wearing thin. And although still facing his problems, he is confident that God is resolving them. And that really goes back to the example for today with Ukraine and Russia. God is resolving things there. I have no doubt. Mm -hmm. But being patient while he does so and trying to support the Ukrainians in this example is, I, I really believe, an important thing. And we have to be able to say that while we wonder, you know, the United States sends support. Britain is sending support. Poland definitely is, is lending support because they're right next door. Right. You know, it's a whole lot more important to you if it's your neighbor being attacked as compared to halfway around the world. Very true. But we do still have to trust in the Lord that all this is going to be resolved. We do not know how. It's gone on almost, well, 11 months now. So we're getting close on the year long. And I cannot begin to imagine how difficult it is with the winter months in that part of the world going around. Yeah. Uh, I know that their winter is different than most of the past, just like in, I believe it's in France and Switzerland. They're lacking snow this year. Yeah, uh, it has not been snowing, so the skiing industry is not doing well. 
same thing is true in our, in our Northeast uh, because yes, global warming is going on and we have these kinds of issues. So it may not be as harsh a winter in the Ukraine as it has been in the past, but it's harsh in ways because they're at war. And we need to trust in the Lord no matter what. And I have no doubt that there are many Christians in the Ukraine who are saying this psalm or repeating it greatly. So shall we look at it individually, Bill? Let's. All right, let's uh, alternate okay. every couple. In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. Lord, rescue me from lying lips and for, and a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you, and what more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue? Sharp arrows of the warrior with the burning coals of the broom tree? What misery that I have stayed in Meshach, that I have lived among the tents of Gadar. I have dwelt too long with those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Truth and peace. Yep. Whether he was literally, the author was literally living among other people or talking about the people who wanted to go to war uh, that lived around him at home. Mm -hmm. You know, as I say, we see that kind of attitude in our daily walks, not just with what's going on halfway around the world, but with what is going on here. We're still not understanding the great commandments of loving God and loving our neighbors, because it doesn't seem like we really know who our neighbors are. when it should be the entire world mm -hmm. because we are all children of God. Yes, indeed. Any further thoughts on 120, Bill? Uh, no. Um, Do we have time for 121? Let's see. It's just looking too. Um, let's see, we're at 47, so how long is 121? Yeah, I think Six we got verses. time for, oh yeah, we got time for, eight, eight. for Psalm 121. Okay, then let's look at some of those descriptors, shall we? We shall. Well, uh, I'll start then. Uh, the Amplified Please. says, the Lord, the keeper of Israel. It's another song of ascent. A song for worship, the Lord will protect his people. Is one of them. Okay. Um, I have in the English Standard, uh, my help comes from the Lord. Okay. The Lord our protector again, and one of mine, again saying a song of ascents. Mm -hmm. And then let's see. 21 affirms that help comes from the Lord who never slumbers nor sleeps. That's verse four. And that is still important today. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, I don't need to put down other religions. My faith is in the Lord Jesus without a doubt. Psalm 121 verse four says that Jesus, or God never sleeps. In the Muslim world, they have directions to pray five times during the day. Right. That's daylight. So from dawn to dusk. Mm -hmm. There is no reference at all for Muslims to pray to God after dark, as if it is the old, like the Old Testament belief uh, that gods with little g's need their rest yes and you don't bother them at night 
or they have no power at night to respond. Yeah. Our God never slumbers or sleeps. He is always awake and hard charging, even though we don't always understand the hard charging. I also have um, this Psalm of protection. The Psalm psalmist depicts God as protecting his people. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of notes do you have on 121, Bill? Uh, well, other I've, notes actually. I've got uh, I've got one interesting one that uh, um, is uh, very much a grammatical note for English translations and why it is so important or can be so important for us to look at more than one translation and not be limited by uh, by one. In verse one in the King James Bible. It is translated, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hill from whence cometh my help. Making mm -hmm. it sound as though my help comes from the hills. As opposed to, say, the English Standard, which has a period at the after hills. So it says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? And so you can see they are two very different verses. Yes, and maybe not. Hmm. The reason being that I say that that way is the false religions mm -hmm. of the time of the psalmist would have their little, not the psalmists themselves, but the pagans who worshipped false gods, would have those altars to those gods on every mountain and hill. It's quoted at different times. Mm. Uh, so it's being contrary to that. It says, I lift up my eyes towards the mountains. And then it goes to a question for the second part of verse 1. Mm -hmm. Where will my help come from? Question. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heavens yes. and the earth. Yes, indeed. So it's it's a you know it's a contrary. Mm -hmm. It's not where these people are looking to the gods and altars on the mountains. Right. It's from heaven where it comes down from. And so it is the maker of heaven and the earth, not just one little hill but everything the maker of everything mm -hmm. so it can it can be looked as a contrary you know comparison it's not a limited True. little g area it is in fact the big g god that we worship who is the maker of heaven and earth mm -hmm. so absolutely and then it goes on in verse 3 to say he will not allow your foot to slip. Uh, your protector will not slumber. Yay. Yep. Indeed, the protector of Israel, who is the God of Christians. Mm -hmm. We just get to worship him through this son, who is indeed God incarnate is Jesus. And being able to say that he doesn't slumber or sleep. And again, I really can't overemphasize that point with other religions, both of now and the past, who seem to need to come again in various forms. Uh, the Hindu nation, you know, Hindus believe in some 330 million different gods with little g's, <laughs> yep. and uh, and they and many of those are actually themselves reincarnated from one example into another example. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, sorry, I don't have enough to do it, you know, to really give you that reference now. But one of the gods was here and lived a while and died and then was reincarnated later and had a different attitude entirely than the first time. Right. No. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And so we have that. Uh, yes, it gets hard for us as Christians to understand with verse, oh, that's verse seven. 
The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. That's difficult. Mm -hmm. We can believe it and we have faith in it, but it's like, what level of harm is he protecting us from when I'm getting beat up in the street or mugged? It's like, mm -hmm. uh, that's really hard to understand. Uh, but I certainly believe that my eternal life is protected by God. So I may go through many trials and tribulations down here, but I still believe God is protecting my spiritual life. And no matter what, heaven's coming when the time is ripe for me. Absolutely. Oops. All right. That's the wrong. Uh... I was going to look up. Uh... There we go. Um, let's see. Um, in one of my commentaries, um, it mm -hmm. uh, it explains verse seven uh, that uh, he shall preserve your soul or keep your soul, and it's not mm -hmm. a it's not bodily protection that it's offering. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, he doesn't uh, he doesn't say anything. Um, Let's see, uh, and another one says, while this seems to have a temporal sense at first glance, there are indications that it looks beyond to eternal life. In other words, all harm in verse 7 and forevermore in verse 8. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so, yeah, so just like the first verse can be taken in a couple of different ways, so can the last two. Yes, <laughs> they can. Um, should also remember that as we started off, this is one of the 15 psalms of ascent. Right. Meaning the people are literally singing or chanting mm -hmm. this psalm as they are traveling from home to Jerusalem. Right. Because there were bands of bandits yep. all along those roads. And so they are citing these psalms to get to Jerusalem safely so they can worship to God like they're supposed to mm -hmm. at least three times a year. Right. Because all, all Jewish men were supposed to go for Passover, for the Feast of Fruits, and then the Feast of Booze, which is the time of Yom Kippur, the Day of the Lord's Forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, and so they are seeing this undoubtedly for their protection oh, yeah. as they're traveling along. Sure. And a, a sense meaning to go up is because Jerusalem is up on a hill. Yep. A hilly area <laughs> here in Poplar Bluff. I actually live sort of on a hill. I'm uh, one mile away from the VA hospital where I worked for past tense for so many years. And it uh, goes up and down. So... I walked uphill both to and from oh, work <laughs> when I was still doing that. Yeah. And I need to get more in the practice of walking up, uh, walking around again. And that's a good way to do it because they're not steep hills, but it's fun to be able to say that I used to do that. <laughs> All right. I think For we sure. should stop here, Bill. I think we should. As we All have right, uh, so. come to, as we have come nearly to our time. So, uh, Indeed. as uh, as I do every episode, I will ask if you have come this far with us, gentle inquisitor, will you perhaps come a little bit further and join us in this family we call Christianity? We do this not by sacrifice, for Jesus took care of that once and for all by his death on the cross, cross and his resurrection uh, from the dead. And uh, we, uh, we don't use magic spells or mystical ceremonies, because that's not how we roll. The, uh, the sinner's prayer is not a magic spell. The Bible tells us you must speak with your mouth and believe in your heart. So if uh, your heart has changed, then the overflow will come out of your mouth, and you will profess your belief in Jesus and your trust in him to take you to heaven when the time comes for that.
Um, the Bible also tells us that all have sinned and continually fall short of the glory of God. And so uh, we should uh, all be saying the sinner's prayer, whether we've been a believer for a second or a century. And, uh, and of course, these words are not in the Bible, but they are based on biblical principles. And so uh, I do hope you'll follow along, perhaps changing a word here or there, as uh, we all do. And uh, join us uh, as we all say it together. So, dear Lord, dear Lord, dear Lord, I am a sinner. I am a sinner. Cleanse me of my wickedness. Cleanse me of my wickedness. Show me how to love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Show me how to love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And teach me how to love my neighbor as myself. And teach me to better love my neighbor as myself. Guide my steps along the path you would have me take. Continue guiding my path along with the steps you would have me take. And help me to do the work you would have me do for the building of your kingdom. And may I continue doing work of your kingdom. Come into my heart and be the Lord and Savior of my life. Remain in my heart being my Lord and Savior. All these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And there you have it. Um, now the next thing to do is to find yourself a Bible-believing church with a Bible-preaching pastor and some good Christians, well, good enough Christians, to uh, fellowship with and uh, figure out what the next steps are you are to take. <laughs> And uh, Indeed, because that is a good idea, even if it's thing. a when you can start with a Wednesday night Bible study. That's true. You'll find all sorts Easily. of uh, all sorts of things taking place midweek at a church near you. So uh, get out there and find it, and then come back and listen to more shows. Uh, <laughs> Please, of which you have several opportunities to listen. We do indeed. On uh, on Thursday uh, will be another episode of Not Quite After Midnight, where I will be interviewing a couple of new people. Uh, well, actually, one of them's new. One of them has been on before. Uh, I will be interviewing Joel McKay, who uh, has written a horror comedy, uh, which will be interesting to hear about. And uh, I will also be uh, hearing from. We will also be hearing from Daisy Page who uh, um, is also an author. She uh, has uh, written the book Unexpected Moments, and uh, she's currently working on uh, Beyond Heaven's uh, Beyond Heaven's Gate. Gates, plural, sorry. Hmm. Big difference. Um, uh, she, uh, she struggles uh, with a uh, condition called multi-system atrophy. I think that's what, yeah, MSA, multi-system atrophy, um, which uh, uh, which she will uh, eventually pass away from, um, which uh, certainly is not a happy thing, but she's hoping to uh, to share her faith in Christ with others, and in the meantime, and uh, and hopefully uh, you know bring some uh, bring some uplifting uh, words to uh, to those who need it. And then uh, on Saturday, uh, we will be uh, returning to our uh, our quest to see if the uh, if Dr. John Barnett's fifty two greatest chapters of the Bible really are. <laughs> we are working our way through James one through three, and uh, we've uh, we've done one part of one and part of three and a little more and. <laughs> yes, you can start at James 1, verse 9 for reading this week. Yes. And you can finish reading uh, at verse 12 of chapter 3. Yes. Because and, we've uh, covered those other verses uh, with the topic of wisdom. We're going to see some of the other topics mm -hmm. uh, that James references there in those first three chapters. Yes, indeed. Uh, yes, and if it's you... three chapters compared to Dr. Barnett, who says it's a study <laughs> of the 52 greatest chapters, but that's all right. We're only following 
his outline, uh, as it were, right. of, of these listings. Yes, we'll and if you, James, for sure. if you happen to miss last week's episode, you can scroll down and find it and uh, catch up and learn uh, learn what we had to say about uh, about wisdom in James 1 through 3. Um, but uh, I do hope you'll join us for, uh, for that on Saturday. And then uh, a week from today, we will be returning to our journey through the Psalms. And uh, we will uh, be starting with uh, Psalm 122. Yep. <laughs> Read and, five of uh, them, please, at least five, because yes, please. they're much shorter than our 119 one today. So. <laughs> yes, indeed. And, uh, um, and 122 is one that uh, people mention quite often. But... Uh, um, uh, with that, uh, we've reached the end of another episode, and uh, so uh, I will ask you, gentlemen, as I often do, do you find gentlemen have anything to say to the nice people? I don't hear Rudy at all. Oh, he, he said it, and the, the microphone kind of caught it. Oh, okay. <laughs> that I love well, you I all and waka 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 with the you. Lord. <laughs> I'll wish you God's blessing from Poplar Bluff, where today is a nice sunny day, still on the cool side, but not that cold, but it's yeah. nice. Hopefully it your is, day is nice also. It has been sunny, but cool uh, for, well, appropriate for the season in California um, mm. as well here. So, uh, um, but uh, God's blessing from Santa Ana, California. And uh, be safe out there, and remember to watch the ending. Oh, wash your hands! Don't forget to wash your hands and watch the ending. Watch the ending credits. There you go. God bless you too. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Bald Spot Productions. I'd like to thank my producer, my beloved mother Eileen Hatch. I, of course, am your humble host. I'd like to thank my co-host, my beloved father, Chaplain Bill Hatch, and my beloved Ed McMahon, Rudy Corlew. Support the show if you feel so led over on Patreon.com. We're known as Bald Spots Pro. That's just the name of the production company. Uh, don't miss Not Quite After Midnight. You can find us on Facebook and wherever fine podcasts are offered. And uh, what's next? Please like, comment, and share to stay informed. You know, subscribe, follow, whatever it is you got to do to kick that algorithm into gear and help us reach more people. And, of course, if uh, you're in some kind of crisis or someone you know needs support now, call or text 988 or chat 988lifeline.org. And uh, thanks again for tuning in, and have yourselves a wonderful whenever.